0: Welcome to the and Digest, your favorite source for all the things going on in the Episcopal Diocese of Oklahoma. This week's episode features special guests and St. Crispin's Camp alumni, Patrice Armour and Marta Ryman, creators and directors of Tulsa's newest theater, Greenwood Theatrical. Patrice and Marta are Tulsa natives that became friends as youngsters at camp and dance class and eventually shared an apartment as adults in New York. Patrice attended St. Gregory's University in Shawnee, Oklahoma on a dance scholarship and moved to New York several years after. She's held numerous roles in nonprofit organizations including Cable Positive and Wendy Hillard Gymnastics Foundation. She's also worked for the New York Times in advertising and currently works as the gymnastics program director of Aim High Academy at North Tulsa. Marta is an actress, dancer, playwright, and producer originally from Tulsa, has been based in New York since 2003. She graduated from Interlochen Arts Academy and the Hart School of Performing Arts at the University of Hartford. Marta's New York and regional theater career has consisted of acting in new works and playing infamous women such as Marilyn Monroe, Mae West, Zelda Fitzgerald, and Maggie in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, among others. Marta and Patrice created the Greenwood Theatrical Theatre Company to be dedicated to racial equity, healing, and education through theatre, community programming, and dialogue. Their first play production, written by Marta, is an adaptation of Oklahoma novelist Rila Askew called The Fire and Beulah. The play tells the story of women's lives during the Tulsa Race Massacre, will be shown on May 21st via an online viewing to commemorate the Centennial Memorial of the Massacre. It was a joy and a privilege to speak to these two inspiring women. I'm honored to share their ministry of racial healing through the arts. So let's dive in y'all. Especially for our um, audience, obviously Episcopalians in the Diocese of Oklahoma, I think, you know, Kate introduced me to y'all because of your history and background with the Episcopal Church in Oklahoma and y'all became friends at St. Crispin's, right? Is that tell yeah. me the story of your yeah. friendship?
1: <laughs> well, we actually did ballet together first. No, we didn't. Was it was it first? I'm yes, sure. I,
2: yes, Cabin One. No, Kevin. Cabin, cabin. Right, one. because it wasn't Cabin Zero yet right and there were more girls that year there was no cabin zero yet so we, oh God, we got to be on the, boy's side. on the boys side and it was scandalous i want to say we were like what 10 and 11. we walked to the showers and just our towels yeah that used, that used to be an okay thing and that used to be like not so much anymore as i understand risque. <laughs> it was because bo- we were on the boys side right right ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Somehow we could never remember to take our clothes to the bathhouse with us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we met. We met ten and eleven, I think. Yeah, I want to say it was like six, sixth, and sixth grade. Six, yeah,
1: yeah. And then we also did um, ballet together at June Runyon School of Ballet, and we were a Nutcracker. And um, I think the first year, I think I played the clown, and she played a doll, and we had to dance together.
2: That's
1: right. Yeah, I had to do a little waltz. Um, you guys to be on point and I got to be in a clown suit. <laughs> lucky,
2: lucky.
1: But then lucky. we were both in snow together. Yeah, it's court of ballet. So, or yeah. Snow. So it was fun. And we did that for a number of years. Oh. And then we kind of lost touch in high school.
2: Mm-hmm. And-, um,
1: and college. Yeah, because I really went off and, and we both did our own things. I mean, she went to Interlochen, I went to Booker T, and then I went to St. Gregory's, which is no longer there. It's in Shawnee,
2: Oklahoma. And then I went up to the University of Hartford and then moved directly to New York after that. And that's when we got back in touch because Mm -hmm. um, actually my Episcopal youth group leader at St. Peter's back in the day is a woman named Susan Faust, and she's good friends with Patrice's mom and got us back in contact when we were in our early 20s. And then we Mm -hmm. ended up, Living together for a while in New York and then living in the same building in New York and (laughs) having a grand old time being crazy 20-somethings in Manhattan. It was really fun. Yeah. And then uh, she met
1: her husband. We didn't know it at the time, but it was really cool that I was there for the beginning of that. And then they got married like 10 years later and it was great. (laughs) And now I'm back in Tulsa um, and I love it. Yeah. I'm happy to be very happy. Very happy to be back.
0: Yeah. so, Marty, you're back in Tulsa too?
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I actually came back on the Tulsa remote program and um, I knew I was going to be here for the centennial regardless, um, because of what we're trying to do with Greenwood Theatrical and producing Fire in Beulah, um, which is a play that I adapted based on the novel by Rilla Askew about the Tulsa Race Massacre. It's from the women's perspective, which we also is the reason why we picked that Love. story because we wanted to hear, yes. we just wanted to experience what women's lives would have been like then um, during that time, especially a white woman and her black housekeeper who they had an interesting entangled relationship. Um, and then the narrator of the whole story is a Creek freed woman. So um, that's a very
0: kind of Oklahoma aspect that we mm-hmm. had, to, had to keep. Well, so talk a little bit about the fire in Belua and how the Greenwood Theater has come to be, and what what inspired that.
2: So it's fire in Beulah. Beulah. Just say so yeah, Beulah. Beulah. Thank you. Yes, yes. Fox covered us last week and just messed it all up, and I just don't want anyone else to. Yeah. So fire in Beulah. Um, well, so right. So I had a three year old, and it was the beginning of twenty nineteen, and now patrice can tell the story about when i first brought this to her because it was 20 it was years ago. way before Quinny. way before 20 years ago so, yeah the so novel gonna... fire and Beulah came out in i want to say 2002 2003 yeah go ahead finish what you're going to say
1: no no no. just shortly after that i remember i remember marta bringing me this book saying every time i read this book i think of you as graceful mm-hmm. And I was like, "That's interesting." And she told me what it was about, and I was like, "What do you mean the Tulsa? The, we called it at the time. It was called the Tulsa Race Riot, and which is completely false. It was a massacre. Right. Um. So it's now it's called the Race Massacre. And I just thought, oh, that's so that, that's amazing. I didn't know any of that. I just thought that was wild that we didn't learn that, especially
2: you know, elementary school, high school, um, and I taught, and I didn't. Know I taught him. dance in high school at the Greenwood Cultural Center, and had no idea. Right, and
1: then after that, you know, we more people started finding out about mm-hmm. it, and then there were some plays. I remember seeing another play about it um, in Tulsa, um,
2: and then. Um, and I, I had always wanted to make it into a film because the novel. I mean, Rilla is such a gorgeous writer. I mean, if you guys don't know Rilla Askew's writing, she's an Oklahoma-based writer, and she's. Just what that woman can do with words is incredible. Um, she's got a couple other novels. Uh The Mercy Seat actually you might like because it's it's about um the covered wagons, Oklahomans. You know, if you're, oh. if you're a sixth generation Oklahoman, right. you 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 know that might appeal to you. Also her beautiful book, Harp Song. Um, she's won tons of awards and she's actually considered a master novelist, which is apparently wow. pretty, pretty. I don't know. It, it, I think it's cool. So, yeah. So we've, we'd been talking about this for years. we have been kind of trying to, I'd been trying to get other people as interested in my idea of making this into either a film or something. Um, I originally didn't think it was possible to do it as a play. How do you put an entire town and a massacre on a stage mm-hmm. without it costing a bajillion dollars? But I decided in 2019 after three years of pretty much doing nothing but massage therapy and motherhood, Um, I decided that I would give myself a year to finish the first draft of a play just to see if it could be done. I finished it in a month and basically did a draft once a month ever since, um, and, and yeah, basically then we started to find out about the grants that were being given in Tulsa for different art projects that had to do with the massacre. And so we got a grant from the Tulsa Race Massacre Centennial Commission. And we, I mean, our, our whole original goal was to commemorate the centennial with a story, with this story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to get as many Tulsa artists involved as possible, um, which we have, which we have done. And and hopefully we'll have more in the future, but um, sorry, my brain went somewhere else for a second. Where was I, Patrice? Um,
1: You were talking about, you'd had it on film. You wanted to do it on film, uh, but then you sat down and wrote the play. Uh, But then there was the shooting that happened. What shooting? The one that you protested at the, I can't breathe. Oh, Eric Garner. Eric Garner.
2: Yeah, but that was in 2014. That was before. Well, then was
1: that before? Okay. I thought that.
2: that,
1: that fueled fuel another
2: another um, push. No, really, it was Corona. No, it was kind 20. Of. It was 2019. Um, and well, we we basically we had to create Greenwood Theatrical. We'd sort of reached out yeah. to some other theaters in Tulsa, but honestly, there are no theaters in Tulsa that are doing what we want to do, which is mm-hmm. new plays, new stories from minority artists' voices, whether it be women, LGBTQ, mm-hmm. green, you know, uh, Black artists, his, Hispanic artists, um, Asian artists. We want to just basically have it be a theater theater. Um, that's all inclusive for 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 everybody mm-hmm. to feel comfortable in, and that does not condone or take the perspective uh, through the white lens or the right. wh- lens of white supremacy, which we are so embedded in in this country, you know, on such an even subconscious level at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, there's no there's no professional theater company in Tulsa that is that has started with racial equity Mm -hmm. education and healing as its motto
0: as it's as it's uh your tagline is is activism healing and education through theater arts and when i read Mm -hmm. that i was like oh this is ministry (laughs) wow that's ministry y'all are doing ministry in tulsa and, and this will reverberate throughout our country (laughs) cuz you're a... <laughs> I'm going to start preaching now, okay? I'm sorry, our brains are exploding.
2: <laughs> Hold on. We, are, we <laughs> know what we're I'm doing to cry. We know what we're doing is huge, but it's sometimes it's we're, we're so in the minutia
0: of making things oh. happen, we're not even taking it. That's, but yeah, I guess you're right. Thank you. Y'all are going to help heal souls. And that that's the word of ministry right there. Mm, mm, I, just, mm, I really thank connected you. to that and I'm I, I just a little sidebar on me I'm leaving this job in a couple months to go finish seminary and become a priest so good um, for you yeah thanks. well congratulations so I did my graduate my first kind of run at seminary at Vanderbilt and we're a super progressive divinity school um called this awesome the prophets Anyways, activism and education and healing was such like tenets of my experience at Vanderbilt, mm. and so that just really spoke to me and what we were all doing there, what we were doing at divinity school but but doing it through um the lens of an artist and storytelling is such that's such a great tool for ministry and and mm. well communal healing um it's just mm-hmm. this is going to be a powerful thing thank you art is always
2: a catalyst for dialogue Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and dialogue is what heals you know when we get to talk to people that have different experiences than us and can put something through their filter or through their lens and help us see things in a different way I think that's what needs to happen in Tulsa a lot of Tulsa um so, yeah, I mean, in a we're, deeper
1: dialogue too, you know, not the shouting and the, all right. this at each other, you know, we have to get past that, you know, get past our reacting and mm-hmm. sit down and say, okay, why are they so on fire about this issue and taking a step back instead of being like, I'm not going to deal with this and walk off. You know, it, it really is <clears throat> having teachable moments in everyday life.
2: And that's, I mean, that's also why what we decided to do for the centennial, um, you know, we had a lot of, between Patrice and I just personally, and I know most people had huge life changes happen over the last couple of years with this pandemic and everything. And that really slowed mm-hmm. down our ability to fundraise because it took the IRS nine months to get us our 501c3 when it's normally supposed to take six weeks. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that held us up on being able to apply for grants and that kind of stuff. But that's what what we decided to do was to just take five scenes and do it on a zoom platform edit it together make it as much like film as we can um and then we want to share that for the centennial because also those five scenes really focus on the massacre itself and the experience of black tulsa in that time period Mm -hmm. um and then the other part of what we're doing, and this is all happening um, on May 21st at 7 p.m. Um, we'll do the viewing of the five scenes. And then we are having a community dialogue on the importance of reparate reparations, specific You're an amazing to- panel, amazing panel. Um, so we have Reverend Dr. Robert Turner. Yep. Uh, we have Kelly McLeod from TU moderating. Mm -hmm. We have Vanessa Adams Harris, who uh, was one of our, was the actress who played the Creek Freed Woman. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's been working in Greenwood for a long time. So she has uh, so much knowledge on this topic. Um, Who else? Oh, Rilla Askew, the novelist. And then finally we have Carlos Moreno from the Victory of Greenwood, who's just so knowledgeable as well. So I think it's going to be a great, great panel and, and a, chance for people to hopefully learn about why reparations are really the only solution to moving the race relationships and dialogues forward because white america has to own what happened in the past whether we were alive for it or not because the reverberations of not having reconciled, of not having made amends or reparations is trickling into our society today in major, major ways, as we know. So that's that's uh, that's what we're doing. Will that be at the Greenwood Theatrical? Well, see, Greenwood Theatrical is so new, we don't have a venue yet.
0: Okay, okay, so, so is it online? We
2: were originally, yeah, it's gonna be online, um, but we are, <laughs> are actually holding the panel at uh vernon ame on okay. greenwood
0: okay
2: um yeah can and, and you live? talked about i'm sorry can people be there in person possibly we're still working on the details of that yeah possibly yeah. um you know we obviously want to keep everybody safe and everything although i know that all of our panelists and all of us at greenwood theatrical have been vaccinated Vaccinated. yeah but, but now uh, they've
1: lifted a lot of the a lot of the the um restrictions we can yeah. look into that and see who can how many can actually fit and sit and if that's okay and
2: yeah. yeah we're still working on that aspect of it
1: we want it to be safe
2: yeah uh absolutely what was i going to say next oh because uh, there's there's a couple things that we're doing also uh, at vernon ame the next thing and this has to do more with the activist portion oh may yeah may 31st yeah so May thirty first, you had talked about Sarah the uh, the prayer wall that yeah uh, Pastor Turner is working on, um, and I'm actually a Buddhist now, so I have been invited to sort of uh, speak on the Buddhist perspective and and dialogue um, and chanting uh, along with the Soka Gakkai International, which is an organization of lay Buddhists who um, who have just honestly changed my life, um, in such an amazing way, having this practice, this philosophy. So there's that. And then later on the day, and that starts at, that's at 10 AM, uh, at Vernon AME outdoors. And then later that evening around, I want to say it's, I think we're starting at like six thirty. Yeah. We are sponsoring, uh, the two women, Karen Irwin and Nadine Seiler, uh, from Washington, DC. They were the women who, protected and memorialized the Black Lives Matter artwork on the fence outside of the White House that popped up over the summer in 2020. Um, Sort of people just started throwing Black Lives Matter uh, photos of people who had been killed by police brutality and, uh, you know. Different artwork and signs, you know, from the
1: the Black Lives Matter march. Right.
2: So they started throwing it on the the fence. fence. And Nadine and Karen started protecting it from people who were trying to tear it down because they didn't feel it was right. And so then they memorialized this artwork and made it so that, you know, cops and other people couldn't really touch it or move it and that fence came down. down. So they, they slept on the street and organized people watching out and keeping after this fence and putting the art back up when it got torn down or rained for on. Months. Or whatever, for four months, they slept on the street, four or five months, wow. and put themselves in harm's way. But we invited them to come down to Tulsa and to bring some of that artwork and put it on the fence at Vernon AME, because there are timeless messages that 100 years later, we're still getting, you know, no yeah. justice, no peace. Stop killing us. Stop killing us without... We're just trying to live. Uh, yeah, I mean, we had the lynchings 100 years ago without trial. Now we're having police just shoot people without trial, without them doing anything other than living their lives, you know? Mm. So anyway, so, we, so 6.30 PM on May 31st, we're gonna have the Black Lives Matter Memorial fence. We're gonna start to build it. And we wanna invite anybody who wants to come down and help us and add their own words or photographs of loved ones who have died or uh art pieces as well even, right or any of the names of the businesses in greenwood anything you know our voices mm-hmm. greenwood's voices tulsa's voices let's put them up combine mm-hmm. them with the black lives matter memorial fence art and uh yeah and then they're going to start to live together now what's cool about this fence art is that we're the only organization other than the library of congress and howard university library to have any of this artwork those are the only other two organizations that have it now we only have it on loan for these three weeks between the 31st to juneteenth but um i don't know i, I personally think it's a really exciting thing for tulsa um and it's a 24 7 living art installation so for those who are weeks- arts
1: and crafts there as well that will provide for people to make their own art pieces we've got people sending in art you know friends of mine um, that have been from booker t uh, Janessa Bookout, um, my cousin Carlina, you know, just who are inspired by this and who are sending pieces to hang on the fence for the three weeks. Um,
2: yeah, who you know, people from out of town who are from Tulsa that can't be here for whatever reason for the centennial and just wanna wanna play a part and add their voices to what's going on and mm-hmm. um, support
0: support change in Tulsa. Right, that's great. That's fantastic. So how many times is are you going to do the the play and how else can folks get involved in helping that develop? The play is going to, it's only going to be streamed once. And what we're doing is we're raising funds so that we can actually have the
1: play in the theater. And now that a lot of the corona restrictions have been lifted, that's going to be a little bit easier, but we still have a lot of fundraising to do.
2: Yeah, a, a production of this size to do it correctly, we have budgeted out at about $100,000. So we've raised, I would say at this point, probably close to 15000 But we had to spend quite a bit of that on this production, uh, even just five scenes, you know, right. because I insist on paying artists for their work, because art is work. And mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I, I, I think it needs to be valued as much as any other job. And the fact that we could still only pay people like a tiny stipend is... I think still better than nothing you know because at least we can show our monetary appreciation for the artist's work and that's another thing that i think is important in Tulsa with the film industry bumping here as much as it is in Oklahoma right now um there needs to be more opportunities for for actors here to to do theater as well and to make a living while doing it and that's the commemoration that we're doing on the 21st is also a benefit and that's how we were able to use a bunch of SAG and union actors actors equity actors without paying the union a ton of money um because it is a benefit and that's why it can only be a one-time thing um like patrice said we would love to be able to do it in a theater a year from now or so so we're we're still really going to be working on making this happen um and then eventually we'd love to move it to broadway or new york um or yeah uh, because it's a story that's still, you know, I had so many friends say, see the Watchmen and say, oh, my God, this is that thing Marta's been talking about for years, you know, <laughs> but they had no real concept of it until they saw it on HBO. And that was just like, what, one three minute, five minute scene, if that. And I had a
1: hard time watching that scene. Hard scene to watch. but Man. And a fun tidbit, I have some fun behind the scenes in, for the Zoom, is that my sister plays Graceful, Elise Armour. And then my brother is doing the title song for for the show. So my brother, Johnny Polygon. John
2: Armour. <laughs> He's a camp alum. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: He's a camp alum that had some pretty interesting legacies <laughs> and new rules that had to be put on campers. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> Camp's first I don't know round. that story. I'll hear that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, uh, a night, night at a party, I think, that they... They went to or something. I don't know how they did it. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) I digress. Yes, he does the title song called Segregated Elevator. It's really, it's just awesome. So proud of everybody, honestly, and it's just wonderful.
2: And a uh, jazz musician and Tulsa composer Chris Combs were using some of his composition as well. Um, we hope that for the stage version, you know, we can have him compose some stuff and have some live music during the- Some more original pieces. But again, it takes money. And so, so yeah, so right now, if anyone wants to see what we are doing and get a little taste of what we would like to do in the future, um, on May 21st, all you have to do is donate whatever you can to greenwoodtheatrical.org mm-hmm. and that will automatically get you on the list to get a ticket.
1: There's a, do- there's a donate button on our website that you can't miss.
2: Yeah. That'll that. The, the invite to the performance, AKA the Zoom link <laughs> because of the world we live in it right now. Right. But yeah, if, if, if it gets to the point where we can have people in the audience, we will, we will put that info out as well. Um, cool.
0: Yeah. Well, we will definitely provide all those links and all the show notes and information that we put out about your stuff. And um, cool. anything else you guys want to add about? Thank you so much. Yeah.
2: Oh, I was just going to say another fun fact is that uh, Reverend Dr. Robert Turner is actually playing the pastor in this piece. There's really? a, this a scene that takes place in the church Perfect. and he, he's, he's really amazing. good. He's, he's amazing. amazing. And Marty's in
1: it too. which oh, is amazing.
2: Thanks, no, yeah. he's really great. And I just saw the edit we're in post-production now on that and so I just saw the first cut of of that scene edited together yesterday Patrice hasn't gotten to see it yet but it's pretty great I mean he's he he goes off script a lot but honestly he says a bunch of stuff that I would have loved to have put in but every all my dramaturgs are like this is too long you have to cut this this wouldn't work it's too long it's too long and I'm like but he doesn't it's amazing so but it's so good I mean the man god speaks through him so i'm just he like a Dude. creature like, like for god. real <laughs> yeah <you laughs> well when i first that met that him much. at a wednesday protest and this is another thing that people should know about if they don't he has protested every wednesday at 4 30 p.m in front of city hall for reparations for the greenwood victims yeah. now he's not even from tulsa
0: right he's mm.
2: And yet he can see that that's what needs to happen next. And so he's been out there every week. And since I've been back in Tulsa, I've been joining him and and live streaming for Greenwood Theatrical. Um, But man, would it be great just to get more people out there every week and to just let the powers that be in Tulsa know that there are more than the 10 people who consistently show up that believe that this is what we need to do for Mm -hmm. Tulsa, for race relations, for America to move, the dialogue forward
0: yeah. well thank you for this work i think it's like i said it's so important and lifting up voices marginalized voices um and doing things from the perspective of women and folks of color is such a such a needed thing and that's the only way i think we build compassion as a society and just getting to know each other hearing those stories that have been lost mm-hmm. and need to be uncovered and um like i said this is ministry and it's it's going to be really powerful and i'm excited to watch y'all bloom and and i will be at the um the 31st that the memorial or the prayer wall thing so
1: awesome yay thank you so much for having us sarah and congratulations on becoming a pastor that's amazing
0: joining us y'all be sure to sign up for the diocesan newsletter at our website epiok.org newsletter and follow us on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date on what's going on in the episcopal diocese of oklahoma see y'all next week and peace be with you